Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Now, a word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by Hunter Creation, helping you find print and online marketing solutions that fit your needs. Visit them at huntercreation.com. Welcome to show 57, Herb Lab, with Anna Rosa's formulas. We discuss how we are using local herbs for both health and home, and where to get information about your local herbs. Then in Herbal 101, Candace and Sue answer a question about how to dry dandelion root. Now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. That was a delightful conversation with Anna Rosa last week, wasn't oh, it? She's super fun. I love talking to her. Yeah. Well, I just listening to her accent is really fun. <laughs> like, pretty, pretty unusual to hear an Icelandic accent in my world. Yeah, definitely. I enjoy the fact that she's really relaxed. She, yeah. she, she really, she inspires me. Yeah. She makes me feel like, yeah, I can do this. Let's yeah. do this. I, I think that her, just the practical way that she handles stuff, this is the stuff that's around me. This is stuff I can access and I need to, to know I need to be comfortable with the plants that I have here. And I need to be able to answer just about any question at all. Right. So she really, she really looks into that. Yeah, she's, she's great. And this week, I wish I could say that it was a great week for me. And I was trying all kinds of things like I normally do, but it has been a crazy week in my life. And honestly, I think the most that I tried was using a thermos to get some tea going. Oh, it wasn't really? like I blended anything great, you know, oh. but but I, you know, I, I, I worked with my borage because it's good for stressful times and, yeah. and some nettle and some oats because they're good for my nervous system mm-hmm. and just tried to de-stress and, and I tried the thermos thing. And, you know, so that you works out pretty nice. just put the hot water in the thermos and mm-hmm. then just strain it out at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, as the day. So yeah. it didn't get all murky and musky? Well, the stuff I was using is mostly the stuff that you can let it steep for like five years and it won't taste nasty. You know no. what I mean? That The stuff that doesn't... I wasn't using the bitter herbs, mm-hmm. you know? I mean... It's really fast. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, borage, oat straw, mm-hmm. nettle. I mean, yeah, it good. gets a little thick. Like it's very herbal flavored. And if you don't like herbalness, then yeah, I can see where it might not be... Terrific, yeah. but you could easily water it down a little bit too. Sure. You know, I mean, that's the kind of thing where I've often in the past, like, I pour half a glass of the hot, half or three quarters of the actual herbal tea, mm-hmm. and then I top it off with some hot water just to down the intensity of the herbs, yeah, <laughs> or the flavor. <laughs> that's what uh, Patty Leahy. We've had several conversations with her. She's our flower essence uh, queen, but she brings in these big vats of herbal tea and Mm -hmm. then for the refill she brings in like a quart size of the the really densely infused tea and then she says just add hot water to it and you'll be fine yeah so she's basically yeah making like a a block to be condensed to or to be watered down later yeah (laughs) it's great and i've works well i've had she keeps advising me don't do this girl but you know my listening skills (laughs) my new but I've I've just drank a whole quart of her super infused the nutritional tea or the flu the the flu tea and I, it was like it was exactly what I needed. Nice. You no. Know, by nice. the time I was at the end, I went, oh wow, that's a that's a lot of flavor. 
Yeah. No? Sometimes the intensity mm. is really your body needs it. Yeah. But a lot when of times. I was first starting. Exactly. Yeah. A lot when of I was first starting, like, oh, this is it. This is the thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. And then when Patty, t- I told Patty about it, she says, ooh, yeah. it's kind of brutal, isn't it? Didn't it just sh- kind of shock your system a bit? Huh, well, I might have taken a lot to recharge. So I, that was exactly what I needed. Yeah, I find some days my the herbs, the exact same tea mix, some days it'll taste horribly bitter, so grassy, really intense. And then other days it tastes absolutely perfect. Yeah. And I figure on the days when it tastes absolutely perfect, that's when I really need it. Yeah. For the most part, I find the herbs I need, even if they're nasty, like valerian, when I need it, oh my God. It's delicious. It's yeah. absolutely delicious. Yeah. I've had that with St. John's Ward before. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. Sciatic pain. When I'm having sciatic pain, I take St. John's Ward. It tastes great. Yeah. And then after it starts healing, then like, wow, this is... Mm, yeah, mm. exactly. <laughs> Guess I'm done with that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. There's a lot of formula. Now, you've talked about essential oil on Facebook lately. I know you've been. Oh, yeah. I, I love essential oils. You do. I have to admit. I, yeah. You know, I I still feel like I just use, I'm kind of rudimentary. I just use it as a preservative. Ah, uh, yeah. They do so much more than that. They do. So they much more. Do. So I mean, I, preservative, yes. Yes, but. they work great as that. And I'm just using a few drops per mm-hmm. per uh, recipe, like right. my salves and oils yeah. and things like that. And it works great. Um, but to calm, for calming, like I've used it when I had little kids, mm-hmm. uh, bitter bitter orange or lavender yeah. uh, in the That's car. Okay. Yeah. And I calmed, calmed them down when mm-hmm. the pitch would get a little high and pretty. <laughs> uh, but now I, I kind of had some stresses and my own week and started this blend as per you, mm-hmm. your inspiration. Cause I ran into, in my own stock, um, rose geranium essential oil for, and I don't even remember like, how it got into my house, but there it is <laughs> in my house. So I thought, Oh, I'll just try it. And initially really liked it. And then realized after, Oh, that's just a lot of smell for me and yeah it can become intense it can be and it lingers for so long it does surprisingly i i felt initially like it was great for putting me to sleep and that was great and my husband says it reminds me of vacation (laughs) which to him is translation reminds me of soap from a uh, hotel (laughs) nice (laughs) (laughs) smooth right uh, so at, upon your advice, I combined it with sandalwood. That's a nice grounding and spiritual oil. Yeah. Like it helps energies flow appropriately. Oh, so I'm sure you weren't implying that I'm vapid, but no. I put this together and put the, like a third rose geranium essential oil and then two thirds sandalwood. And it was mm-hmm. a, it was, a, yeah, a good blend. And I've been putting just the dot Right there on my neck, the base yeah, of my neck. throat chakra. Throat, ch- okay, throat chakra. And that's helped a lot because, man, it's been a kind of a wicked little week for me. <laughs> so any help I can get. And you had another piece of advice on um, combining with rose geranium. And you were talking to me. Well, for you, you were talking about partially anxiety is something. Yeah. You know, it gets up into your chest that, yes. you know, that really anxious, even heart palpitations. It can sometimes yes. get physical. Rose geranium is a classic oil for helping to release that oh. and move those energies and help you deal with whatever the emotion is mm-hmm. that it's, you know, instead of getting it trapped and instead of 
putting it aside and working through it, mm-hmm. but not actually dealing with it. Rose geranium helps you deal with it while working through it. And nice. so it can clear. Okay. Hence the anxiety will go and right. the, you know, your chest and everything will clear up. And for you, I suggested the sandalwood was Zoe's idea, Zoe Thalion. Oh, okay. So she's, she's awesome. She knows. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I thought that was a really excellent one um, because it's, like I said, it's spiritual, but it's also centering and mm. it helps. It's very cleansing. So all the stuff that you pick up, you know, you work with Occupy Medical, yeah. you walk through a lot of, work in a clinic yeah, you work right. in a clinic. So you walk through places where there's a lot of emotion and a lot mm-hmm. of fear and a lot of pain a lot of and suffering. a lot yeah. of suffering and a lot of things that people carry with them mm-hmm. that, you know, you just sort of pick up by walking around and this, the sandalwood will help to clear that off. And it's almost like saging yourself, mm-hmm. you know, um, ginger is another good one right. for that grounding. One you said, yeah. yeah. Ginger is good for taking your energies and grounding them. Mm-hmm. And keeping you grounded even while you're dealing with emotional things. Right. So while that anxiety is there collecting your chest with ginger, it would help to bring the energy back down into your lower body mm-hmm. so that it's not, you don't have energy, all your energy is shooting up into your chest and then confounding you. You have mm-hmm. it grounding and your system's flowing more smoothly. I bring candy ginger to my yes. uh, office and just have it there. Yeah. And jar, so yeah. You have a nice it. affinity for ginger. I do. I yeah. Ginger. I was really excited when you said, yes, we should, in fact, write an ebook about ginger. Yes. That was fun. <laughs> Ginger's, was. Ginger's a good one. It is. It's good yeah. for so many things. Yeah. I, I know my husband doesn't like the, the taste of it, but I make up for his loss. Yeah. I went through a period <laughs> in my life where I didn't like the taste of it. I liked the essential oil, mm-hmm. but, and I didn't hate the taste, but what would end up happening is that my stomach would get way overactive and I'd start getting like, so acid stomach really oh. bad. And, and then I would start to overheat and ginger is a fiery herb. Well, it's grounding. It's also stoking your fire. Sure. And I've got a lot of fire all on board by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't need, you know, it used to be, I didn't need anything to stoke it. Now a little bit more so. Right. Now I'm happy to have ginger and I actually do go to it a little more frequently than I used to. Right. Back then, things like turmeric were more, you know, anti-inflammatory types of herbs that were grounding and cooling mm-hmm. were more where I was at. Instead of uh, grounding and warming, which is what yeah. ginger is. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, and it combines well with a lot of different things. There's a couple of, I'm mean, listening to Anna Rosa talk about her recipes and her, mm-hmm. you know, she's using herbs that are all around her. Yeah. And um, I was uh, excited about the herbs that are now, we're now harvesting all around us. Yeah. Like, I know it's like way past lemon balm season, but I still... I put a bunch in the freezer. It is. Yeah, it's, you know, it's past it, but I hacked mine down and my second set of lemon balm has come back and it's, the leaves are smaller, mm-hmm. which is to be expected because it's a much drier time of year, right. but it's every bit as intense. So oh, it's really? like, yeah, it's, it's more intense. Surprisingly, I wasn't, it's the first time I've, be kind of lame. yeah, it was the first time I've <laughs> hacked back a lemon balm, but I do that to my spearmint every year and they always come back and they're always a little bit more intense and the leaves are smaller for the second one, but it's, right. you know, good enough for the things I'm putting them in. I just use a little bit less of it for tabbouleh or whatever I'm making. Mm-hmm. So I figured, well, what the heck, let's try it with a lemon balm and see if it works. Yeah. And it did. I've been so, yeah. uh, struggling with shingles a lot because mm. you know, I'm that age. Yeah. And the... Uh, I have the shingles that also goes into your eye. Which are the dangerous ones because they can cause blindness if you don't catch them fast enough. So I feel like it's when I'm having it, an onset of the shingles, then 
the side of my head is numb. Oh. It feels like I always have uh, eye uh, something in my eye all the time, and then it kind of goes around my ocular nerve, How which irritating. gets really numb, and I can't see as well. Like it seems kind of cloudy. Uh-huh. So I have this little formula that has the bilberry leaf and lemon balm, just half and half, simple tincture. Well, that's nice and simple. Yeah, it's very simple and it's tasty. Yeah, you know that would be. How could you not bit, like bilberry exactly? And lemon balm. Simple. I mean, so I've been using that, and I've also. Just like I was rooting around for something because I was very stressed out. Um, and I found, I pulled that formula out of my purse and I have oh, fine, I'll just take that. And, and it really helped kind of calm me down quite a bit too because yeah. I am, here's too much information, but I'm a stress puker. (laughs) Yeah, it's adorable. My little mantra is, do not throw up in front of these nice people. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) The the end of that conversation. So just taking a little lemon balm, like I can unobtrusively put it in my water, which I try to have a little water with me all the time and then drink that. And and people, most people know me like, oh, she's an herbalist. Well, God knows what she crazy stuff she's doing. <laughs> right. I do not care. I so. wonder if a little bit of ginger tincture would be helpful. Mm, with it? Yeah, with it. Sure. You yeah. Know, just a small, small part of that because it's also anti-inflammatory. Yes. So you'd think it would help calm the nerves and the, the tissues around your eye where the shingles is starting to activate. Yeah, that's true. And it'll help digestion. So it'll hopefully help your body absorb the lemon balm and yeah. bilberry leaf better. The other thing I should just have uh, with me all the time is a little container that has Brazil nuts. Yes. Because it has selenium, yeah. which keeps the shingles down. Yeah. Um, and all I need is one a day. That's it. Right. But I have one in my pantry, a little container of Brazil nuts. And but you have to remember by. to take it. Right. I'll, I'll go <laughs> by like, oh, there it is. Hello. Helpful friends that aren't helpful unless I take them. Yeah. <laughs> you should probably keep them like by your bedside so that you take one every morning just as you're getting up, like right next to your alarm oh, clock. right. Or by my toothbrush. Or by the, yeah, I thought about the toothbrush, but I'm like, oh, you've just brushed your teeth and now you're going to put stuff in them. Uh, yeah, that's Maybe true. not as smart. That's true. Well, smart's never really been my MO, but. But it's probably better to do that than to not take the selenium. Right. Right. You know? Very good. And yeah. I know you can tox out on selenium. You can get too much. It's one right. of those. But I know you're not going to do that I'm from eating a that. handful of Brazil nuts. Because no. I've eaten quite a few at a sitting and not mm. had any problems. Right. I'm still kicking. Yeah. They, they have them in nut mixes all the time. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. But yeah, I'm just having one. Right. One a day. One a day. The end. Yeah. And that's, that's what I need, and it really does help keep nice. things contained. Do you know if horsetail has selenium in it? I think it does, doesn't huh. it? I do not know. I know it has uh, oh. silica. There's a variety of different things that I just really just use horsetail because that's all over here yeah we've got a lot of that yeah Yeah, people are always like i want to get rid of it yeah it's easy to come by out here sure but it's uh uh silica like i like to put it in our garden fertilizer mix Mm -hmm. yeah especially for the house plants that don't really get exposure to the wind so the silica helps strengthen their cell walls so they're not you know they don't droop as easily yeah because the wind offers natural yeah, it, Cause, it causes them to want to build those stronger cell kind of walls. Yeah. It's like doing lit, uh, chin-ups or something like that. It's like that, having to walk uphill every day to school. Right, right. <laughs> so we want plants with nice thick thighs. 
Yeah. Thick thighs. <laughs> that's what you really want. That's what I want. That's what I want. So, yeah, I, I, I know that that's what I'm usually thinking about. And for people that have uh, prostitutes or frequent urination, we've put that in formulas before. But, you know, I got to tell you, it's not an herb I've used as much as I obviously now I need to, to find out more. It's been brought up. So. Yeah, it's one of those ones I know I should probably be using more of, but mm. I've been kind of a lazy herbalist, so, you know, mm. I'll get there. <laughs> what I know about you, like lazy compared to God knows what. I'd have to do more effort to that. find the horse tail to actually get beyond my own little yard. You have some bouquet of, of plants that you had turned into these fabulous, like marish, you made your own maraschino cherries. Oh, yeah. Two different types. <laughs> that was fun. Lazy. That was fun. That yeah. was easy. Please, your list, don't do that. Sorry. <laughs> Next brace. The other thing I want to talk about a little bit is um, with many of the herbs that I've been harvesting lately a lot of them are invasives like we had yeah. st john's wort season come through yep and i know there's there's a book that i enjoy but don't don't like i don't know i question some of it i don't not recommend one. this one i do recommend it but i find some areas of it hard to get through yep yeah the writing is not it's a little textbooky it's a little, it's a little, text, it's a little yeah. more ideal yeah. Then I I personally abide by, it. but I recommend it. It's a, it's a good book. Invasive plant medicine: the ecological benefits and healing abilities of invasives. And I to- completely understand. Yeah. Uh, it's written by Timothy Lee Scott. Uh, I completely understand why he wrote this book because there's this big culture out there of, of identifying invasives, and I'm part of that. Right. And uh, he doesn't want them just to be dismissed. Right. I find that one of his aspects that he presents is that they're there for a reason. And I think that I really can see that, you know, I mean, I get frustrated with the bindweed that has infested a large section of my front yard. Right. And I've tried very hard to not have it there. But really what I need is to get the plants that will soothe the energy of the earth there. Sure. And that's what the bindweed's really yeah. telling me is that there's there's a problem here and it really needs to be addressed. And as a bindweed, I can step in and help you with that. Right. And the, you the know? plants, you know, the reason is we made it easy for them to be there. Exactly. We brought it in and then we changed the environment. So, yeah, we clear cut. And then there's, of course, there's St. John's Ward all over the place. Right. Yeah, because it needs to go in and heal the soil and create the environment that will ultimately be good in the long run for everything. But the long run can take 50 or 100 years. Right. I mean, it's a long recovery time. So since our our culture is moving a lot faster than that, we we, one of the things that I, I liked he was kind of pointing out is taking a look and using these invasive plants. Yeah, they're there. Use them. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Um. Of course, we're not even going to be a drop in the bucket. No, but, (laughs) but I mean, if we're using them, they're there, not just because the soil and the land needs it. I mean, the the bindweed on the side of my house is also pointing out to me and my family that the Douglas fir that used to shelter your house and your space is no longer there. It Mm -hmm. it was, you know, it, it got a disease and it was taken down a couple of years ago. Right. And now all of that energy 
is disturbing your system and it's right here and there's nothing to protect you. Right. And that means that our family and everybody who lives in our house is also feeling that energy. Yeah. We are getting the same thing. We don't have anything there doing the job. So Bindweed stepped in and, you know, it's calling my attention to a situation. Right. Which so I really should rectify. You're using it as a tool. And that's, yeah. I think, what he's trying to also point out is this, this, this uh, notifies us. Yes. You know, do not neglect this area. Look what happens when you neglect this area. So we, we have to be the smart ones. Yeah. to take a look. And for me, I found some bindweed growing up uh, a fence between my property and my neighbor's property that I had just been neglecting. Went, oh, oh my gosh, I do not want bindweed in my house. Don't so neglect that. There, yeah. up and then looked around for other things that and might be a figure, problem over there. And figure out what you can do to, pr- to put something different in its place. Yeah. Like oats, for instance. Sure. They're yes. an excellent one. So if you can put a little stand of oats in that area. Yeah. And just let them keep growing back. They'll help keep the whole space clean. Yeah. And then bindweed doesn't need to be there. Right. You know, I mean, that's what those invasives do is they tell us, hey, not only is there a problem here, but look at me. I will tell you exactly what your problem is. Mm -hmm. You know, this is deficient in the soil or it's got too much of that in the soil or whatever. Yeah. Acid soil if you've got a bunch of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The thing that at that experience taught me was that number one lemon balm is a good barrier plant between mm-hmm. the chickens and whatever is growing between the chickens and because yeah. my chickens will eat um bindweed they will eat young bindweed it's delicious Ooh, to them nice oh another reason to get chickens in my yard <laughs> yeah. so, i would have enough for probably a flock of 50 <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, and they dig through so they're doing the digging that you yeah. need to uh, but they, yeah, they would love going in yeah. a little spot. I'm but kind of excited. Let me know. Oh, I could put some, I, like I have a, a raised bed, but there's one place where the chickens are getting through and then <laughs> all of the zucchini that's within their beaks. All right. Those little stinkers. But if I let that lemon balm just stay on that side, then they won't mm-hmm. go past it. Nice. So that was something that I, I learned from it. And yeah, I like learning the lessons that plants are. Willing to teach if I'm paying attention, then mm-hmm. you gotta pay attention. You gotta pay attention. Yeah. So. Yeah, I pay attention, but I don't always act. Hence the giant bindweed problem I've got because I haven't acted. Yeah. I haven't acted fast enough or well enough. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, native plant, you know, the way that I respect how Anna Rosa was looking at her own area. Yes. And there's a lot of botanicals that focus on people's just about every environment has mm-hmm. now I think there's there's one for almost every area. Uh I have a couple of favorites. I have one by it's an old favorite, Gregory Tilford. Oh, the field guides, yeah. Yeah, the edible and medicinal plants of the West is one of my favorites and the the if I open this next to the microphone you can hear, hear it kind of. It's kind of the pages are stuck together a bit they there are. in various spots, and yeah. it's yeah. been in my backpack and had stuff spilled on it. But it's yeah. got good pictures um, for these plant guides. I like one that that have good discernible photos uh, that has it not just like my favorites are ones that not just when they bloom, but also after they're done. Yeah, so yeah. I can I can identify it that way. But there, this this one has some great pictures, just a close-up of the leaves. 
and then you know what their flower looks like and then a good good quick description it doesn't if I want to go into it a little bit more like the medicinal use is actually fairly small usually like one paragraph Right. But that's one of the things that's really valuable when you're looking at taking formulas like Anna Rosa's formulas and learning how to adapt what she's got going to your local environment. Mm -hmm. You can use many of the herbs in her. In our case, we can use many of the same herbs because they grow in our region naturally. But for the ones like the Irish moss or Icelandic moss that doesn't, we can look at to get information on what local herbs might be good substitutes, we can take a look at a field guide and start looking at what were they used for medicinally. Yeah. And then if you have a good herbal vocabulary, you can say, okay, well, this one was used for drying up a cough. So that means it's probably astringent, mm-hmm. you know, and you can start applying those words and then you can look at her formula and say, what's the Icelandic moss doing in there? Right. You know, in that case, I think the Icelandic moss was, um, so what is it? Demulcent? Yeah, it was a demulcent and it was antibacterial. Right. So yeah. you can look in your field guide and start making some some ex- good educated guesses. Mm-hmm. Another really good source would be to find local herbalists oh, or sure. people who are focused on the area that you're in. I mean, yeah. In our area, we've got folks like Howie Brownstein. Mm-hmm. He's an excellent local herbalist who focuses on teaching his students how to identify locals and how to properly wildcraft so that they're there for everyone, all species included, not just for humans. Yeah. So that they continue to do their job in the forest. Yeah. I so, like checking out Facebook pages, not necessarily Facebook groups. Right. Like the Facebook groups are fun for ideas, but right. with a page it's moderated. Yeah. So I've read plenty of groups and I'm sure everyone in the audience has a, a visual when they <laughs> right. like you go onto the group and someone's asking some question and then everyone has some random, well, try newspaper shavings or, you know, have you tried hitting it with a hammer? Or like, yeah. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> Is this good advice? Is this responsible? And like, oh, yeah. Well, you know, I just randomly thought I'd say that. Yeah. So you've never even used it. No, no, but it seemed right at the time. Wow. Thanks. That's <laughs> not helpful. But with a page, it's actually moderated. And, right. You know, people may bring suggestions in, but the moderator just like, nope, click out. Yeah. Come on. Right. Please. Please don't do that. Yeah, those are nice. And if you can find some good ones that are focused in your area or are, are with your local herbalists, yep. that's a really good way to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of great resources out there. I have yeah. a like, – speaking of substitutions, there's uh, – Golden Seal is a big antibacterial that people like to use. Yeah, so it's a and, big Midwestern one because it, it actually is native there right yeah but here it's not it's not and it's expensive it is and rightfully so it was over harvested and almost killed in its native environment just because someone somewhere decided to start making a big deal out of it on the public stage mm-hmm. and people went nuts yeah it used to be coptus yeah i was all excited about coptus and then they over harvested so like well yeah. can we use a substitute oh golden seal and then they over harvest it and yeah. there is a uh person living in Salem that started the first Oregon Tilth farm and what they grew on it was golden seal. Yeah. Shade harvested golden seal, the person yes. in Salem. Uh, he's since retired, but it was a pretty amazing process he went through 
Yeah, because yeah. it's not easy to grow all on its own like oh, that. Yeah. It, takes it takes a, a lot of work. Yeah, it takes a lot of baby. But Oregon grape out here, we have that beautiful substitute. Yes, which is fabulous, and I think it's more appropriate for most things for those of us who live out here, at least. Yeah, it's adapted to the type of climate we have: the moist, damp, cold of the winter, and then the hot, dry, drought summers. Mm-hmm. Oregon grape fits us. Yeah, so. and I've just always used the tincture. Mm-hmm. You know, because the tea tastes awful. Awful. It's wonderful if you decoct it for your cough syrups. Okay. Which I do. Which I do do. part of an ingredient list. Yes. as part of an ingredient list. But on its own, Nasty unpleasantness. Yes. yes. I have to However, admit, it's not one of my favorites for, <laughs> for drinking. Yeah. Know, but wow, so great in lots of different formulas. And just to like, oh gosh, I've got an infection. I'm just choked down some organ grape tea, a little bit of water, and yeah. a little bit of water. Like I don't want to have to take sip after sip. I right. really just want like shot glass. Seeing it's done. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, but I've been starting to grow or grow. I have been growing organ grape, but making organ grape. Oh, that's a brand nice. new to me. Nice. And I have to do it heat processed. Yeah. Because it's wood, so it's holding on to everything. Yeah. That's how you, the only way you would get that, get the beautiful berine yep. out so of that. Yeah. We have a recipe or a procedure for heat processed oil on our website. Yep. And combining that with uh, garlic and propolis. Which also is, is quite the expedition to turn that into. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you're laughing yeah. because you already know. But well, I, I have avoid, I've avoided working with propolis. It's, I know it's a beautiful thing. People beautiful, really, really carry on about great it is. But yeah, yeah. I, I've avoided it. So I <laughs> so. hot water bathed that one. Okay. Yeah, just brought Makes it up sense. enough to keep it warm, to extract right. it all. But not... I. I did not want to clean out, try to clean out one of my pots and pans. Oh, no. That would be awful. Wretched. Super yeah. wretched. It's so sticky. It just attacks everything and it stains. Yeah. I imagine it would stick to like the stainless or the, the no stick coatings. I'm sure. It's that sticky. <laughs> yeah. So, but I made it all of that and I made it, and I made these all individually on all of mullen and rosemary and everything was in almond oil. That was the base because it's so... Um, Absorbs Absorbing. quickly and easy. Yeah. Yeah. Jojoba would be good too. Jojoba would probably be really good. Yeah, you like I think I like grapeseed oil in part because it does absorb well and it doesn't leave very, very like you don't get that oily feel afterwards, mm-hmm. but it's also cheap. All right. And I can buy food grade grapeseed oil for cheaper than I can buy sweet almond oil. Yeah. You know, That's so I'm cheap. <laughs> yeah. And this is for people that are on the SNAP program, the food stamp program. This is a nice... Um, medicine to use because these pieces that we're talking about are either stuff you grow in your own yard or you can buy with food stamps. So that's accessible medicine to many, many different people. Uh, But combining those together, I will put uh, the recipe on our website so people can use it as a salve and then I add beeswax to it. And I've been, you know, using it at home and at the clinic and all kinds of places. And it's really, it's become a real favorite. And you're using it as an antibiotic, right? Yes, as an antibiotic salve. So instead of using that like tube of goo, the triple antibiotic crud, right. you'd use this, right? which yeah. would be much healthier for you yeah, and so better for the earth. Yeah, you know? yeah resistant <laughs> I mean, to MRSA, yeah. 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 which is really important. Yeah, if you were really worried about MRSA, I would say add a couple drops of either, well, probably of lavender essential oil because mm-hmm. that's got a good track record for killing MRSA in lab studies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, and it doesn't take much. 
And um, the other one is tea tree. And with tea tree, you need to be careful with how much of that, but it does, it would only take for like a, for four ounces of salve with tea tree oil, you'd only need like three or four drops total. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can use very little and get effectivity. Yep. Lavender is similar. You can use very little and get effective. Yeah, it's very potent stuff. So yeah. I've been using that and been very happy about it. Another local thing uh, is the lemon balm hydrosol. Uh, <laughs> that was a fun project, was wasn't fun. it? Yes. That was really fun. There's a picture of us slaving away, <laughs> cooking the hydrosol. <laughs> Sitting there with our beers and your cup of tea, <laughs> yep. making itself. Yep. And, uh, but it spritz. I've been spritzing like my neck and, mm. and uh, what's this part? Pressure points pressure on your points just on wrist, 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 yeah. To not on a hot day, cool yeah. yourself down. And I put a little, a couple of drops of lemon essential oil in it. Again, it's just a preservative. So nice. I don't know if it goes bad. I have not noticed it go. I had some that I did not do anything with it just to see, and I haven't had any problems, no spoilage. And then I ended up, I had that for a month and a half, I think. Okay. I think it was about a month, month and a half. And then I did add some essential oils to it. For the same reason? No, actually, because I wanted to use the lemon balm hydrosol in combination with some bergamot essential oil. And I forgot the other one I put in there. I think it was Atlas Cedarwood because I was dealing with anxiety oh. due to the you know housing crisis my family's right. been in. It's been yeah. really stressful. So and that works. So are you doing yeah. the same way? Yeah. Just like spraying it on your. Um, actually, I just spray it and walk into it. Okay, <laughs> so it's not as direct, you know, in that respect. But I do it mainly so that it kind of gets my whole face and upper body right, and it's just a general, mm-hmm. and I find that it's really calming. I was thinking of bringing it to clinic. Yeah. The clinic, my employment clinic, Mm because, you know, it's one thing to deal with stressed out patients. Right. But your job is just to find something for them at the end of the visit. Right. But for stressed out staff, that stress can be. That's a whole day. Yeah. That's a whole day of stress every day. Weeks, months, perhaps, you know. And that's, that is the stuff that gets me. I mean, everything gets me. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's that was really inspiring to hear uh, uh, Anna Rosa Robertstadter talk about her struggles and then her victories with Icelandic herbs and yeah. I encourage people please look at our uh, become a like our Facebook page and remember that many of these herbs that we talked about we do have ebooks on it so if you're curious about the information we talked about. You know, we we usually advise just get to know the herbs individually, and this is this is one of the ways. It's an inexpensive way to learn about the herbs, and we get into some pretty good detail, but always lapse into the well. Now it's time for a recipe break. <laughs> right? <laughs> breathe, people, breathe. Mm-hmm. And we also have Pinterest. Yes. Uh, and there's a there's a hashtag hashtag the, the practical, practical herbalist. That's on Instagram. That's right, and. Look at our uh, Twitter account. We have the Practical Herbalist Twitter, and look at the Practical Herbalist website. That's our that's our main base. That's yeah. our home planet. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have all the recipes that we've talked about here, and links to a lot of different information that we mention, and we we try to make sure it's pretty inclusive. So, if we mention it, at least we've got 
usually something there for people to look at. We want people to be curious and we want people to have a, a trusted way to dig out the information that they can utilize. And thank you for joining us on Real Herbalism Radio. Now it's time for a Real Herbalism Radio sponsor break. Hunter Creation is a full-service graphic design studio. They offer design for print like business cards, brochures, and large-format banners. They also offer design for web, specializing in self-hosted WordPress sites, e-commerce, and single-splash pages. To top it all off, they can get just about anything printed for you at amazing prices, whether or not they do the design work. Visit their site at huntercreation.com for more information. Now, back to the show. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today's question is from, from Jeanette L. Jeanette writes, I harvested dandelion, dandelion roots from my yard this spring. I didn't wash the dirt off. They are dried up. If I wash them now and pulverize them or cut them up for use as a tea, will it be effective? <laughs> yeah, I have. One. I have actually been known to occasionally leave roots and let them dry with the dirt on, yeah. and then I compost them. Mm-hmm. So I've never attempted once because once they're dry, I figure I don't want to reintroduce water. Right. So you know, uh, yeah, so I can end up with mold. So and and they get hard. To, they're very hard to cut up at that point too. So if I've done that, I will. Like I said, I'll compost them, hopefully be good and put them into like a worm tea or a composty tea. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I have never actually attempted to use dried dirt on roots. Yeah. I think I had one thing where I I, uh, forgot about it. Like I harvested and then forgot about it. And it was a root that I didn't at the time, like a field harvest. And it seems like I was being super lazy about it. Like I don't wash everything. But this one kind of needed that, so I rubbed them. Oh, okay. Try to rub off the dirt. Yeah. Because a tea with unwashed roots is going to be a cup of mud. Yeah, it'll get all muddy. Yeah. That doesn't sound as yummy unless you are just a big earth mama. Yeah, well, maybe. But I'm thinking that the medicine will be effective. Sure. That that portion of it will be effective. You'll get dirt in your tea. Yep. So the real question is, how fine of a sieve do you want to use to strain off your tea and use it and drink it? How much grit are you willing to put up with? Mm-hmm. Um, if you were going to use it for a topical use or something like not drinking internally, so right. you don't have to deal with the taste of the dirt, yeah, it would probably still work. Yeah. If you're going to put them into an oil, I'd say probably not a good choice because you won't get the dirt out. Sure, yeah. So an oil wouldn't work. If you if a syrup, you not so much. Rubbed it against a screen. I bet most of the dirt would rub off. I mean, it depends mm-hmm. on how big the the chunks of of dandelion root are too. Yeah, and how fine the roots are. Because I mean, oh, you yeah, know, if you've got a really sure. thick thick tap roots, then it's easier. You might be able to get the dirt off of them. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's frustrating. Fortunately, yeah. there's lots of dandelion in the world. Yes. So <laughs> there's that. Not a problem. Yes. But it, ultimately, if you really want to harvest it, you want to take them out. You know, like I like to, to, to make sure the soil is wet when I'm taking out the really long roots yeah. you know, in the spring or the fall. So it's easier to dig them out and then you don't have to dig and snap. Oh, yay, I get to dig farther. Like right. Come out right. with a little less and then rinse it off right there. Yeah. And a lot of people just put it in the stream or they'll bring some water or they put it in a baggie and bring it home and wash it. Yeah. But that's where I made the mistake of forgetting. <laughs> forgetting said baggie needed washing. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> my backpack on the couch and wandered off with life and then came back on, oh, car seal. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. I completely Definitely. understand. And it's pain in the neck to try to fix it mm-hmm. it's a real pain but if i think if she can just stick to the bigger ones like you were saying mm-hmm. then she could get she could just kind of rub it off but yeah, yeah. yeah or if she just wants to rinse it before in cold water before putting it in hot water yeah you could try rinsing it if you've if you dried the roots and they're pretty much whole then you probably could rinse them in cold water and mm-hmm. work off the dirt. But then you got to re-dry it again or just use, or it, just right use it immediately. Yeah. And yeah. I'd probably, if I was going to do it that way, I'd probably just take out the amount I want to use immediately, clean that in the cold water, put it in the hot water and use it immediately then. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is, yes, the medicine's still effective right. as long as you can separate it from the dirt in a way that makes sense for you. Yeah, uh, The dirt's probably not going to kill you, probably but not. it's probably not going to be super pleasant to ingest. Yeah. Hey, that's part of living and learning, right? Yep, exactly. So we wish you luck, Jeanette. Yeah, good luck. Sue, we've got a couple of sponsors. We've got a sponsor, don't we? Yeah, we certainly do. This is a Podbean sponsorship. Yes. And this is an Arbor sponsor. Yeah. Who is this wonderful individual who's supporting us? This godlike presence in our life is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our Arbor sponsor is Dr. Bruce Harrow. Thank you, Dr. Bruce Harrow. Thank you so much. And he's sponsoring us on Podbean. And I've seen his name a few times uh, liking things on our Facebook page and stuff like that. And we really appreciate his help. So thankful for, yeah, I'm so thankful for that support. Yes. So thankful. Such a big difference for us because a podcast is expensive to maintain. Well, yeah. This is a new program. We're just trying it out because we, we have bills to pay and, you know, this is. Well, and it's wonderful to have people supporting what we're doing and saying, yeah, you guys keep going. So yeah, yeah, I'm thankful. Can you tell me a little bit about these sponsorships? Sure. For the Arbor sponsor, which is Dr. Bruce, uh, you get a shout out on Real Herbalism Radio, which we are doing right now. Dr. Bruce, you're wonderful. And then we also have uh, you listed on our special Patreon page. Which if you go to our website, then you see a little link, which is become a sponsor of Real Herbalism Radio. And I'll tell you a little bit more about it. For the Arbor sponsor, that's a $15 a month um, automatic charge that you link in uh, for a limited time. And there's a coupon code that we send people for uh, our archive podcasts because, again, it costs a lot of money to archive these podcasts. Well, to keep them up and running the server, the server space. It does. It does. So he gets access to those that we have on our private server. And then we have uh, 
herbal folio of his choice from Amazon on Kindle or a PDF. And then, of course, there's that wonderful, fabulous feeling that he is helping herbalism come to the masses. So more education for all. No, this is the kind of, of health care that we need to have. And this is the only way we know how to spread good health to the good citizens of this fine planet is by sharing good education about it. And that's what we're doing right here. Yes, it is. And there are other levels as well, right? Yeah, there's the sprout level, which is just $2 a month. And it seems like nothing, but it really, it, it adds up. It adds, it adds up and up it means a lot. Yeah. yeah. So you can start off as low as the sprout level mm-hmm. for a couple of bucks, go up as high as the arbor level. Yep. There's sapling and tree the, in between. Nice. Starts at two, then goes to five, and then 10, and then 15. And we really appreciate your patronage, and uh, we have been using that money to help keep us going. Yeah. You know, to keep this program going and keep the information out there and keep the education real and and it inspires us too. You know, yes. As far as we're concerned, it's just a microphone out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the biggest thing is getting comments back, getting sponsorships, having people say, yeah, we love what you're doing. Yeah. Keep doing it. We're loving it. We're learning. We're enjoying. We're trying our own things out. Yeah. yeah. All of that. So, yeah, if you've got time today... Get down to your website, check out our website, go to the Podbean little banner that's on mm-hmm. the front page and sign up to sponsor us. Yeah. Join Dr. Bruce Join in Dr. the charge. Yes. Thank you. We need a whole arbor of arbors. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> the show is brought to you by Hunter Creation, helping you find print and online marketing solutions that fit your needs. Visit them at huntercreation.com. 